Clients on Demand teaches coaches, service providers, and thought leaders how to attract the right clients at the right price anytime they want. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a sustainable seven or eight figure business that changes the world and gets results for clients without sacrificing your freedom? If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. All this information is 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Today, I'm here with the amazing Mark von Muser, who is our director of sales here at Clients on Demand. And today, we're going to be talking about why 99% of people fail at selling. And we're going to talk about sort of the myths that are behind that. And we're going to talk about why people why people don't seem to be able to crack this code. Because as we look at other people in our industry and other people across all industries, this really does seem to be the one big roadblock that people can't get past. It's just that how do you have a very simple, easy, fun conversation that results in somebody deciding to do business with you? And, and, and why is that so difficult? Because on the surface, it really doesn't seem like it should be, right? If you've got a great offer, you have a great product, you got something that people want, it should be a very simple conversation. But so often, it's not. And it's something that people get hung up on. It's something that uh, business owners have tremendous, tremendous fear about. And it's something that we just see people doing doing it the wrong way, like all the time. Yeah, it's interesting because there are so many myths out there about why that is. But the bottom line is people are petrified to do it. And even the ones that do it sell, they're ineffective when they do it. So they're wasting money, they're wasting resources, they're wasting goodwill with the client. And it's it's a shame because we see it so much. And you're right. It's not enough today to be great at what you do. You have to be able to powerfully articulate that, but also be incredibly good at opening up the truth and the consequences for their clients. And that's just where most people are falling short. Um, yeah. The way that I see it is that it's almost like every single business owner has two jobs. On the one hand, you've got whatever it is that people are paying you to do with your chiropractor and acupuncturist, you know, whatever it might be, you've got that. But then your second job, is also the job of marketer and salesperson. And that's actually, in my opinion, the more important job as far as the sustainability of your business goes. Because the truth is, you could be the best, I don't know, acupuncturist in the world, but if you can't convince people to come and do business with you, then you don't have a business. And so you've got to have that. And then once you get underway, then you know your business can become a little bit more self-propelled. If you consistently do a fantastic job, you can get more and more people reaching out to work with you, that sort of thing. But to get the ball rolling, to get things moving, you need a phenomenal level of sales ability. And if you really want to take things into seven-figure, eight-figure territory, this is what really separates one business from another, is their ability to sell and to sell properly and to sell in a way that actually serves the customer without leaving people feeling like they got browbeat, or pushed around or or anything like that. And that's the that's where the rub comes in because when you and I were going through this and you know we we've, we've gone through all the different programs that are out there. They're all training modules and training systems that were developed with the Fuller Brush company, the old door-to-door sales back in the 70s, the 80s, the 60s, and they've now tried to merge those into today's buyer online, but the problem is that the buyer of today has been inundated by hundreds of thousands of asks. On your cell phone, you get ads, you get people wanting your attention and your emails. You get most of emails now are mostly ads. You get on TV, commercials, you get magazines that three fourths of a magazine now are ads. And so what happens is buyers are getting so defensive that if you're going to take those outdated strategies and apply them today, it's no wonder it doesn't feel good. It's no wonder that 99% fail because the buyer is upgraded. 
The buyer expects more. The buyer knows how to differentiate and they don't want to be pressured. They need somebody that can help them solve a problem. But all of the training that is out there are geared around more charisma, make more calls, make more, more, you know, put up with more crap, you know, just be more thick skinned. And those are some of the myths about let's let's break that down, Russ, because the yeah, the let's myths, talk about some of those, man. So so when we say the myths, we've got the real reasons why people have trouble selling, but they're very different from the reasons people think they have mm-hmm. trouble selling. Right. So let's just talk about some of those myths right out of the gate. One of the reasons people think they're not good at selling is because they don't have a lot of charisma. Or you could say it another way. Maybe they're not a natural extrovert. Or maybe, oh, I'm just not naturally good with people. I don't have whatever, the gift of gab. Mark, why is that something that really should not be a roadblock to being able to sell? Well, we've proven it over a thousand times where we're actually finding that people that can, that are not necessarily charismatic, people that can genuinely connect and listen are actually becoming the best enrollment coaches there are. And so we've noticed it with businesses who've never sold, who sucked at it when they tried it. And now they're connecting and enrolling and living their dreams because of that. The reason that they used to say that you had to be per, uh, persuasive, you had to be you know, really charismatic was because when you're going door to door, where a lot of these came from or selling cars, you've got 30 seconds, maybe you probably have four to 10 seconds to set the hook and get their attention before they slam the door in your face. And so that now has been, hey, look, you you get charismatic people that 90% of them quit that left one tenth and the one tenth, the person who stuck it out was charismatic and he was thick skinned. He door knocked a hundred times more doors. So he got five sales. Everyone else quit. So in the absence of the truth, they assumed, well, that must be how to do it. Right. And there's so- Bill. Bill's really charming. Bill happens to be selling more, but they're not giving them good training. They're not giving them That's a good right. syntax. They're not giving them any of the other you know tools that they need. And so, yeah, if you if you don't have any of those other things, then then yeah, maybe being a little bit more outgoing is going to give you an edge. But that's only if you really don't know what you're doing. And yep. Mark is absolutely right. When we're assessing candidates to come work for us at Clients on Demand, we actually take a harder look at the introverts than we do the extroverts. If we can find someone who is smart and who is steady and who is solid and who is really high integrity, we can turn that person into an incredible, incredible salesperson that's filled with integrity and that's doing the job right. And we'll hire those people way, way, way before. We'll hire like the slick ass, you know, right, super right. charming, you know, ding, 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 like, you know, kind of ring it in guy. Looking. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It's not what we want. It's not what we want because we understand that that's not true. It used to be true because people didn't know what they were doing. And so charisma is, you know, the only thing they ever had to fall back on. But now that you've got excellent training and you have a system that works, it's like introverts will actually thrive using a proper system like we're about to talk to you about. Yeah. The other one too, is that let's take it back 40, 50 years. So when you had the one guy that was the only one making the calls, he was the only guy in the charismatic. Well, he became the sales manager and then a bunch of those guys. So they hire more people like them. And so they never really realized back then it was all force. It was all make more calls, door knock more doors, get up earlier, go to bed later ignore what they say. And all of the sales strategies were band-aids trying to get you 
past to just will your way to it. That doesn't work in today's in today's sales cycle for a lot of reasons. The biggest one being the internet. Because mm-hmm. now if you go in there and you just bully people and you beat them up and you do that, those people now have a worldwide voice. If, if you get enough of them, you lose your merchant account, you lose your better business ranking, you lose your reputation, you're done. And so the, those old strategies, now the challenges, those are all the guys now training. They're all the ones at the front of the stages around the world teaching you how to sell. And they're also not telling you they were selling in an era that was usually previous to the internet. Mm -hmm. And then the other part too, is it's also incredibly limiting to our business owners because how many of those people that are that thick skinned, that tunnel vision, that ability to put up with that much rejection, there's a very, very small window to try and scale a business. There's just not a lot of those people. And what we have found, it's actually like you just said, we're looking for people that can genuinely connect and serve. Mm-hmm. And if they're intelligent, they care, we can decide if those those are the best opportunities. A lot of times those are introverts. But so guys, the- listen, if you're if you're introverted and you're someone that's not naturally charismatic, and so you're, you're saying to yourself, well, I'll never be able to sell properly, whether you're a professional salesperson yourself or you want to be, or whether you're a business owner and you're like, oh man, I'm just terrified to talk to a client. I can tell you that does not need to be something that stands in your way. And you can actually, if you if you train properly using some of the kind of strategies that we're going to talk to you about, if you do that and really invest in that properly and create a real connection and serve with integrity, it's like you can actually go toe-to-toe with you know the most yeah. charming, movie star smile type people on the planet. And um, you'll just blow right by them, believe me. Well, I actually love training quality people because they're outperforming the high pressure closers like crazy. Oh, it's yeah. not even close. And so that's the part where I love it because it's it's about serving the client. We're going to break down why 99%, but I want you guys to get the myths. You don't have to be thick skinned. You don't have to be a, basically an ignoramus and not know, you know, where you don't know what you're just going to say what you say. You don't have to be a parrot. You don't have to be high pressure. You don't need to be pushy. You don't need to be icky. You don't need to be a liar. Those are the things of the past. And just like you're going to realize hyper influence and massive influence is going to require you to be able to listen, to connect and to be able to help people get to the truth. But it's a new day. And that's what we're proving every single day. And and the other thing too, Russ, which is important to point out, a system should not only be for one type of person, meaning, oh, you got to be, you know, there's a guy in real estate sales. Now he's very successful. He makes about $2 million a year. What they don't tell you is he door knocks from seven in the morning until seven, nine o'clock at night, 363 days a year. That's all he does all day long. He has tuned himself out to running off of porches, running, and he door knocks every day. But the truth was 99.9% of people will not do that. So when they're going up and saying this guy is so successful, that's true. And I honor his work ethic. But in training a system, that is not going to work for 99.9% of the people the way that they normally do. You're just not going to do it. People want to do in business and online marketing, for example, because they want freedom. They want to spend time with their life, with their family. They want to go ahead and be able to go do those things, not door knock. 363 days a year. That's the whole reason most people are becoming entrepreneurs and want to do something online. And they want impact. And this is what I loved about you when I first talked to you. You wanted impact. You wanted to make a real difference in people's lives. You wanted freedom. You wanted to be able to, you be free, but also create freedom for other people. And you wanted leverage and scale. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the things that you you created this instead of just being a, you know a door monkey and going door to door to door for 12 hours a day. That's brutal. So an online sales system and enrollment system needed to also be highly, highly effective. 
So let's break down the three reasons why, because if you understand why people are so ineffective in selling, then you can do something about it to fix it. Yeah. So guys, first of all, I just want you guys to understand what we're saying here and just really lock this in for you is that if you think it's because you're not charming enough, if you think it's because you don't have the grit, if you think it's because it's not, you're not tough enough, none of that stuff matters. It really doesn't. These are the three reasons that we're about to share with you. These are why we find that people really, and I mean like 99% of people really have trouble selling. The first one we see all the time, number one, is an outdated syntax. Now, Mark, why don't we explain that word syntax? Because I think a lot of people don't sure. use that, that kind of like basically the structure of your call. Think about it in terms of a recipe. And the recipe was written back before the internet. It was mm-hmm. written back before whether it was the insurance sales, the the door-to-door, which were the mortgage. predominantly people who trained mortgage. Yeah. And those, those are the ones that were actually training people. They realized that any syntax was better than no syntax. But what they had the advantage back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and 70s was they were not being inundated with 1,000 to 5,000 ads a day. Right. And so back then, I remember once, Russ, I was calling into um, Europe and I remember calling into uh, Ireland and that was the first time they had had a, a call. And I remember for being a telemarketer and I call and the person's like, mom, hurry, hurry. He's calling from America. Get on the phone. And so it was like, obviously they were like tickled pink. I was interrupting their dinner <laughs> and they bought like crazy because back then, I was the very first person that it was a novelty. Well, those days are gone. Those days are gone. And so an outdated syntax is taking, it reminded me of when Facebook first started. The gurus on Facebook that first started were actually on MySpace. MySpace went out of business. What did they do? They took MySpace off and now they were Facebook experts. And that's the same thing that, I know it's crazy. That's the same thing that happened with sales. It used to work in car sales. It worked in door to door. So let's just slap an online marketing tag on it. And now you're an online guru sales guy. And so the outdated system was really predominantly features and benefits charisma. And you'll hear this because the salesperson comes in because they only have a split second and they're trying to wow you with, look how great my stuff is. And it just does, it does work, but it works at such a small percentage that people assume, well, it's got some sales, but they never had a better system to compare it to. And that's the difference. So the sales managers, the sales directors, the sales trainers were all pitching this, hey, that's as good as it gets. If you have more charisma, you won't be at 5%, you'll be at 10%. If you're more thick-skinned, you could be 12% closing percentage. And we're going to hope and make it impossible for them to cancel. So let's not answer the phone. Let's not respond for seven days. And they hope that you make so many hoops, they don't cancel. So that old syntax, it worked in the 60s, it worked in the 70s, but it's getting less and less effective. And it feels really crappy now for you and the client. So guys, what you have to understand is that, look, the basics of human nature never change, right? People will have the same basic drives and motivations today that they had in the Roman Empire, that they had when they were building the pyramids. I mean, human psychology is the same. However, markets and people as a whole can go through different levels of sophistication where that's what's happening to us here in the United States. You, you know, as, as we get more and more exposed to advertising all day long, you get more and more sophisticated and you begin to build up these defense mechanisms to protect you from it. And so what that means is that the more sophisticated the marketplace gets, the less effective that old stuff is going to be. But yep. people keep teaching it because they're just teaching you what someone else told them. 
And it these and this stuff just gets perpetuated and passed down and passed down without ever really being put to the test. And like Mark is telling you, they're top gun rock star closers. And I mean the best people who ever worked there would pull what 10, 15% mm-hmm. close rate? Depends on the industry, yeah. And then the other one is that they also weren't telling you the whole story. So whether it was car sales, real estate sales, they only focused on the number of sales. What right. they were not telling you is whether they had what's called front of line privilege. If I was the top sales guy on a car lot in a timeshare, then as soon as I get the first person to walk in, if I don't like them, I spin them, toss them out, get rid of them, and I go right back to the front of the line. So I might get five to 10 appointments a day. If I'm the newbie, I get one appointment, two appointments a day. So obviously right. at the end of a week, I might talk to 30 people and the newbie gets five. Now mm-hmm. out of 30, I sold 10 sales or I got five. The newbie only got two out of five. And so the market and the way it is working, it's changing. And that was the same in timeshare and a few of the other industries. But what's happening now is that every call counts. When you're online and you're competing, you only have one shot to have influence, one shot to get them past their fear, their buyer defenses, and get them to the truth. So that's really what has to happen. And um, it's- So it never, the thing is though, it never worked very well in the first place. Because here's the thing, guys, they were they were measuring it against zero, right? That's if right. you go in there and you have no syntax and no plan, you're going to get zero or you're going to barely, barely, barely close anybody. Maybe you get lucky from time to time, right? And that's what they were measuring it against. And so they said, well, if, if I have some kind of game plan, maybe I can get up to 10 to 15%. But that doesn't mean that game plan is the best, uh, the, you know, the best that there is. Where at COD today in 2018, we're working with our clients and we're getting our, you know, our clients are what, 50, 60% if it's the business mm-hmm. owner. And our, you know, even if they have a sales team on our, on our sales team, you're looking at 40% close rates. So it's so much higher than it was before, but we're doing it in service to the client as opposed to doing it in a way that was pushing. And so it's like the ball just got rolling down the wrong path and people sort of just kept it going and kept it going with outdated training. And the market's changed. And so the, the key again is again, even that we're not going to say it doesn't work. I mean, we, we've broken down high pressure, low pressure, the differences. The real question is what serves the client at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And the other things, these are some of the symptoms you're going to notice if you're doing it the wrong way. Number one, it starts to create negative um, adversarial energy. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel for good for you. It doesn't feel good for the client. It's also one of the reasons why there's so much drug addiction and alcoholism and just disappointing people and high turnover in the sales industry. It's because of this. They know it doesn't feel good, but they need the sale. They're under pressure from a boss. They're under pressure to pay their bills. So they, they do it and they assume they're wrong. Why does this feel shitty? The other thing it does is it blocks momentum because it's like, once you get one, okay, good. Now I've got one. And then it's like, go do it more, go be more thick skinned. And so you're never able to get that ball rolling down the hill the way you want. And then the other one is that it has a low conversion percentage and it has high cancellations. So Mm. right when you think you finally got a couple of them, you're going to be looking at a 30 to 40% cancellation rate too. So it's just outdated. And it's kind of like, you know, when we're looking at the upgrades on cars, you know, we have the, you know, the, the, Tesla with the button. I don't remember what that one um, supersonic motor, whatever they call it. I think they, well, ludicrous speed. I think they call ludicrous it. speed. Like right. Yeah. And some of the new cars that they have, you know, the E63 goes zero to zero to 60. It's an, it's an engineering marvel and it goes zero to 60 in about 3.2 seconds. In the old days, the best car we ever had was, you know, basically 30, 40 miles an hour. And so if you guys want to supercharge, you need to start thinking about the buyer has moved on. You need something that is new and fresh and authentic and truthful to work with them. 
There's no way around it. it. This is like arguing with gravity and you can knock your set. But again, if you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling pissed off, you dread, you don't want to pick up the phone, you don't want to do it and you find excuses. That's the reason because your system is not getting them to the truth. So that's the first one, though, is that the outdated systems just don't work like they used to. And it's not you. That's the biggest myth is they're going to tell you, oh, well, Russ, you need to be more thick skinned. You need better charisma. You just don't have that magic, magic thing. Maybe it's again and you got to move on. So you're going to jump ship and I'm going to get somebody else in there and see if they have thick skin, if they will make an unlimited number of calls. So that would be the first thing I would throw out there is that it's not necessarily the syntax and the structure absolutely matters. But it's, you know, there's, it, you got to have something that works today. So if you're trying to sell guys and you're running into that kind of a brick wall and you're chalking it up to, oh, I just don't have the charisma. I don't have this. I don't have that. You need to take a serious look at your syntax and the serious look at the training that you've gotten. And even if you've gotten training from some quote unquote reputable people, you need to really take a look at, okay, well, when was that script developed? Is it something that was developed today that's working today that's on the cutting edge? Or is it something that was developed back in the 70s and 80s where it's like it's a dinosaur, it's ancient? If that that's the case, then there's a much better chance that that outdated syntax is the thing that's holding you back and not something silly like, oh, you're an introvert. Oh, yeah. You're just not persuasive enough. Oh, you yeah, gave oh, up. Too you, soon. You, didn't do, you didn't do the 17 follow ups. You know, you didn't do 17 uh-huh. follow ups and all that stuff are reflections of an outdated system. And, re- and you saw this, Russ. Remember when you're in the various masterminds, if they don't have the answer, they attack you. And that's what the sales trainers do when it doesn't work. Well, it's not. It's you. You're just not persuasive enough. You're not high pressure. You need to get more at that. And it's just not accurate. We've proven repeatedly taking the most, you know, again, one of our favorite stories is our redheaded, introverted cheese farmer (laughs) who never sold anything in his life. And he's enrolling in an average of 40 to 50%. And he is the most amazing guy because he is all about truth, connection, and just loving people and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then LaTanya talks about say no to 17 follow-ups. I totally agree. What people don't realize is those 17 follow-ups take time. That's 17 follow-ups that you're now begging people to enroll in their dream. And that's time you should have been speaking to new people that are ready to make a decision. And that's also why the front of our funnel is so critical. Right. And that's time you you could have spent actually serving the clients that you have now. That's right. You know, if you're following up with each prospect 17 times, it's like, how many arms do you have? How many hours do you have? How many conversations can you have? It's like, my God, it's a recipe for burning out. And I still see people teaching that. And it pisses me off because it's ridiculous. You should be, be, be able to generate the lion's share of your sales on that very first conversation. And if yep. you got to talk to someone 17 freaking times to get them to say, yes, you are doing something wrong. Don't settle for that stuff. Yeah. And, and it's, I don't like it when people keep calling me over and over and over and over. I know the theory. I've done it. I've trained it. It just in the absence of a great system, it's better than nothing. And again, if I'm running a team, great. You guys follow up and get after them. Because again, when you have the blind teaching the blind, leading the blind, which are teaching the new blind, and then all of a sudden you're wondering why this is such a waste of time. And at the end of the day, get break it down to energetic and feeling. Does it feel right? And the answer is no. We right. all know it, but nobody's had the guts to stand up and say, guys, that shit is a dinosaur. We have moved on. That that freaking stuff died a million years ago. Time to upgrade your system. In fact, 1940 called. They want their sales system back. Time <laughs> to upgrade. 
Yeah. Time to, time to get time to move into the future. Yeah. All right. So that's the first thing. Like that's the first reason we see people fail is they just have an outdated syntax. The second reason we see people fail is that whatever syntax they're using is not client focused. And in this case, actually, it isn't even so much about the syntax as it is about what's going on up here and mm -hmm. what's going on in here. Is your primary focus on making the sale and putting money in your pocket? Or is your primary focus on serving the client? And this is the biggest distinction I can possibly give you. Because if your focus is on, oh, I got to make the sale. Oh, I got to make the sale. Oh, I got to enroll this person. Oh man, I need money. Oh, I need this. I need that. You're dead in the water. But if your proper focus is on how can I serve this person that I'm speaking to and help them make the best decision, even if that decision is this program isn't right for me or we're not right to work together, what is the best way for that to, you know, to happen? You've got to be client focused. Yeah. And what happens is this is when there was an old saying in the old days that a lot of the old gurus, the old gurus are, were talking about, hey, if you want to get rich, buy a Ferrari and the, and the mortgage of that Ferrari or buy an expensive house, it will force you out the door to cold call or door knock all day long because you had this big bill. That literally was what they would teach you. You need to go spend more money, get more in debt, and that will create leverage. Again, level one thinking. And so that was the first thing. And so what happens is people show up on the phone call with commission breath. We've all been in there where we walk in there and the, and the car salesman, the timeshare guy, they don't care about you. They feel it. You feel it. And it's like they want a sale and you want the free gift. They want a sale and you want to get a bargain. And so you're starting at odds right here. They want to close you and get the commission. You're a means to an end. And everybody picks up on it. And that's where fear and scarcity selling come in because I've got pressure from my boss. If I don't close, I lose my job. And now I have to go get another shitty job. So you've got pressure from above to do it based on the blind teaching and leading the blind. And now you're freaking freaking out because I need to sell somebody. And even though it doesn't feel good, everyone else said it must be the way. So I'm going to basically try and beat you up. And then what happens in the back of the room, they high five about how good that was. Yeah, you didn't give that idiot woman a chance to even speak up, man. You, you closed her, man. And it was this whole alpha pecker contest about how tough you were and how you're such a closer and you're so this and high fiving. And at no time did they remember or honor the fact that that was somebody's mom who actually needed some help. That was somebody you never even cared to find out whether this would fit. The old saying, if they fog a mirror, you get the credit card. You know That's what, Mark? Really I think it. it's because they know in advance that it doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. And so they don't even bother dealing with it. You know, like you look in either what they're selling is just total shit or what they're selling is a scam. Like if you watch Boiler Room where they've, you mm -hmm. know, they're literally selling stocks that basically don't, don't exist. exist. There's no question in terms of whether or not it's the right thing for the client because they know that it isn't. Yep. So they don't even bother addressing that. It's just great. How can I box this person in and get them to say yes? And mm -hmm. so that's another big red flag, guys. If you're if you're learning any sort of sales system that's based on how do I box people in so that they say the things that I want them to say rather than giving me a real and authentic response, that's a big red flag. Because what you're doing is you're robbing the person you're speaking to of their power. And you're robbing the person you're speaking to of their agency. Where you want to put yourself in a position where if someone's making the decision to work with you or buy your thing or in, you know enroll in your program or whatever it is, if they're making that decision, you want them to be 100% confident that it is the best decision for them, yeah. that they actually had time to think about it. They actually, had, they actually really thought and made a decision and it was a right decision. You don't want them to think that they made that decision because, well, yeah, I've got my little conversation tree and if they say yes, then I say this. And if they say no, I say that and this and that. It's just people are not robots. You've got you've to have a sales process that 
honors the divinity in somebody that honors the agency in somebody that that gives them the power to make a real good decision to join your stuff yeah i love that because that's the really is a core difference when people go oh that's a good system and i would challenge that because their system is sent to close and i'm all about yeah nothing happens until you have a new client i get that but let's talk about that that's one way to do it is to bully people and box them in but what about a better way about helping them get to the truth because i'm a firm believer if you show people and help them uncover the truth they nine times out of 10 are going to want to solve it. Right. They want to solve the problem. And the the problem is that if you can't authentically connect, you're never going to get close to the truth because they're totally protected. And so what we found is by getting people to the truth and opening and having an authentic conversation, what serves them in their best and their family, that nine times out of 10, people will choose to solve it. And it's a fun because the real work starts after the call's over. When you get a new client, that's when you really have to get to work. And if you bully them into the program, they're going to be always having one foot out the door trying to get out of the door. And that's why cancels are so high with the old way. And Mm -hmm. when you get people, give them the divinity of their choice and you're there instead of to close them, you're there as their advocate. You're creating a lifetime client that will give you referrals, will give you positive word of mouth, but also it starts to feel great. People freaking love you. And it's like they they send you. I mean, we're going to do more money in referrals this year than other competitors will do combined. And we'll do in their whole, their, their total That's revenue. Yeah. Year. And it's like, because it's like when you treat people the way you want to be treated and you're their advocate, and we don't even make an offer to 30% plus of the time we get someone on the call. We still give a massive value. We still blow their minds. We still help them. We still steer them to whatever it is that serves them and their family. But 30% of the time, it's not a fit. We know what's a fit and who we can help and who we can't. And so if imagine your guys' businesses, if you were only working with people that were ready for the transformation, only working with the best of the best clients who were committed, they were more committed to their dream than their, their uh, victimhood and their story about why they should still suffer. And it's a game changer. So now you get to put in that 17, 17 follow-ups, instead of wasting it there, you're putting it into people who need your help now. And that is transformational. And that is how you break free financially. Because it's it, the difference is, are you there to close them, which is something you do to someone, sell them and close them? Or are you going to serve them and be their advocate, which is you do for someone and with someone? Big difference. Huge difference. Guys, and especially you guys that are coaches, you need to really think about how you are setting up that coaching relationship and what foot that relationship is starting out on. Is it starting out where the person feels served from start to finish? Or is it starting out where they feel like, oh, you manipulated them into making a bad decision? If that's what you did, how the hell are they ever supposed to trust you? How are they ever supposed to engage with you as a coach and actually do the things you tell them to do? How are they supposed to trust you? They're not going to. And so it's critical that, that whatever sales process you guys use, it is something that puts the client first and not something that puts you first, where you're being really, really circumspect about who's a fit and who's not a fit. And you're empowering people to make the best decisions for them. And when you do that, you know what happens? You actually sell more. A lot more. And if you're focusing on close, 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 close. And it's an amazing thing. This is a business where the more you double down on integrity and the more you focus on doing the right thing, the more you are going to sell as well. The one I would stack on that too, because there's a right way and a wrong way, meaning you don't quote unquote, you know, we serve people massively to their truth. But what happens is some people will mistake that and they get band-aids when surgery is needed. That's a good point, Mark. What do we mean by when we say say serve? We don't mean pass out band-aids. 
Go ahead. That is correct. Because, you know, it's kind of like you can't do a haircut over the phone. You a lot of times can't solve something on just the breakthrough call. The breakthrough call, the goal of it is to get to the truth, find out if the person wants help and is ready to fix it. That's mm-hmm. really what you, they do. And too many people will settle for connection and having, oh, wow, that's some free, great coaching. But the reality is in three months and six months, they never got the transformation because the person settled for, oh, well, they like me. And the, the truth is that you have to serve them to the truth and the consequences if they don't solve it. And so that's a big, big distinction. A lot of times people will swing the pendulum so far to the other side that they're not giving a real solution and transformation. They're giving a band-aid to make themselves feel good. And so that there is nuance and we train on that because you have to know how to do it with grace and to make sure the client is truly served. It's kind of like going up to a car scene and you've got your first aid kit and you're late for a thing. And so you toss a couple band-aids out and say, good luck. These guys, you guys will work this out. I got to get to, I got to go. Yeah. And so that's the, where you have to realize it's not enough just to use the words to say, Oh, well I served them. You know, it's like, did you really serve them to the outcome? Did you give them transformation or did you settle for some little band-aids of, Hey, here's what I do. And then they aren't going to use it anyway. So that's the only thing I would throw in there as well, but but that's a great great point, Mark, because that's a mistake people make a lot of the time. All right. So the third reason we see people fail is that whatever process that they're using ignores psychology. So Mark, talk about what that means because it ignores human decision-making. Yeah. Humans make decisions based on certain processes and about how they do it. And now what's happened, you alluded to it earlier where you were talking about humans have altered the way they make decisions. In the old days, now, if I I talk to somebody about, hey, you want to buy a house, what's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to go online and they start looking. Then they're going to get inundated with ads. Then then if you make the mistake of, hey, I'm going to check on what the rates are, you're going to now get phone calls 10 times a day from people trying to sell you a loan. Then you're going to get realtors calling you out of the blue and you're going to get about 10 to 20 realtors calling you, hey, so you want to buy a house. So what happens is we put up defense mechanisms. So we have, as buyers, we have altered them and we call them buyer defense mechanisms. We all do it when you walk in a store and then those overly eager sales reps come up with the cool little headset. They run up to you and go, hi, how can I help you? What is the first thing you're going to say? Just looking. I'm, just looking. I'm good. Yeah. And that's a buyer defense and that we have all sorts of them. We have them when it, we want to get the information. How much is it? Do it. What's the number one objection people get after they go through the whole presentation? I'm just looking. Let me think about it. I never make decisions on the spot. I need to talk to my spouse, even though I'm not married. I'm going to talk to my Sunday suit future spouse. Let me talk to my cat shrink. I never make a decision until I sacrifice a neighborhood cat, whatever. They come (laughs) up with so much stuff, but the reality was they are just, they wanted the information and now they're going to go back to their other behavior. And then eventually they maybe will get around to it. So buyer defenses are there. If you ignore them, you're going to get burned a lot. And it's going to sound like that's too expensive. It's going to sound like I can't afford it. It's going to sound like I don't have the money. But in reality, those are buyer defenses. Why? Because they work. They're not true. They get them off the phone. No, but they get them off the phone. They get them back to where they are. I mean, I did it. I don't even remember where I was. Jane does it all the time. I know. And Jane's just, the worst. When Jane's on the phone with a salesperson and they wanted to make a decision, she'll be like, oh, no, 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 no. I have to talk to my husband. Now, I've seen Jane buy I know. countless <laughs> items without consulting her husband, but she always will use that because it's a defense mechanism and it just 
you know, gets it you out works. of the situation. She gets you off the phone. She was having her house decorated. She had a decorator come over and they were looking at it. Now, Jane is the decision maker in this event. Her husband doesn't care how it looks. As long as she's happy, it's good. It is all her appointment. So this girl, this lady came over. Oh, we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. We could do this. Talking about how great she was. And I went here. I've done this house. And look at me. Look at me. When Jane got done, she's like, okay, great. Thanks. And the lady's like kind of hoping Jane would close herself. And it got awkward. That moment where it's like, so do you do it or not? And she's like, and Jane got awkward because she didn't know how to enroll her. And then what happened was then the lady's like, uh, and then Jane was like, hey, let me talk to my husband and we'll get back to him. And the lady's like, okay, good, 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 good. Didn't ever happen. Now, Jane, if they had understood it, they could have very easily handled it and not from a manipulation way, but from a truth way. Right. And that's the difference. It's not boxing them in. It would have been a couple of strategies and the intent could have been different. But this client just or this contractor, because they were ignorant and they don't understand how the human psyche works on buying decisions, and they're taking that ignorance into every transaction they ever have. So it's getting, it's serving them to the truth, guys. And what we mean by that is getting crystal clear on what is really going on in their life. Is this something that they need? Is this something that can solve their problem? Like, what is this going to do for them? And then getting both of you to a point of decision where you're making a decision about whether they're a right fit to work with you. And they're making a decision about whether this is whether they really want to fix this problem or not. And that's very different than boxing people in because boxing people in is that you're robbing them of their ability to make a real decision. You're kind of just tricking them into thinking they made a decision. But what we're talking about is getting them crystal clear on what's really going on and then inviting them to make a decision. But you also have the power to make a decision about whether you want to work with them. And that's an important point too that there's two decisions being made on the call, their decision about whether they want to work with you and your decision about whether you want to accept them as a client. And you should have the freedom for both of those decisions to happen on the call. If you don't understand that principle, guys, you're going to probably be out of the game very quickly because what happens is when you go back up a few steps, we talked about scarcity and fear-driven selling, scarcity selling, fear selling, commission breath. When you settle for a client that you don't like, isn't ready, and they're going to be a pain on the phone, they will be a pain in your program. They're going to demand their money back anyway. They're going to contaminate the ones that did want help, and it's going to be 10 times worse than if you didn't ever do it. And what happens, and we see this all the time, that people start getting pressure and it's like, oh crap, I got to pay my bills. And that energy, it not only attracts the wrong people, but then they settle for the wrong people. And the whole pendulum of who's in control is different. And it just doesn't work in the long run. And anyone that's ever been in sales, if if you've ever compromised on letting someone in who you shouldn't have, you will rue the day and you will hate Mm -hmm. it because, but again, that's where you have to have a structure and a system that honestly allows you to pick the best people, the most committed people, the most fun to work with, and the ones that you can truly help. If you don't know their real problem, if you cannot truly help them, you have no business making them an offer, even if it's a cheap offer. That to me is immoral. And so the whole process is figuring out what's really going on. Imagine a doctor, you've come into a doctor's office and I, I have the best price on open heart surgery. <laughs> it's a $30,000 surgery, Russ, but I like you. You know what? I'm seeing a lot of signs there. Let's do, come on in. I'm going to do the whole thing for four grand and I'll even do a payment plan. 
So we're going to do a payment plan. It's only 400 bucks, and we're going to take a look. We're going to crack you open, start checking whether you need it or not. You relevant. might not need it. You might not, but it couldn't hurt. It couldn't hurt. I'm the right? best in the whole country at this price. Uh, no one can beat my price. Right. And it's like we've gotten off track a bit to realize before we start getting going into, into stupid, why don't we check and find out why are you on the call? What's going on? How can right. I help? What do you really want? Is this the best? Because that's like, if they're not ready to do the work, why are you bringing them in? Yeah. Or and this may not be someone you can help with. Right. I mean, you know, if you, if you like, look, if you come to talk to clients on demand about whether we're a fit and you're running a restaurant and you want to get more people in your restaurant, that's not what we do. We're going to tell that's you, right. Hey, that's not what we do. You know, but we give you a lot of great stuff. And that's the one thing we hear back from people, whether they become a client, whether they don't, they've all, you've seen it. They send you the thank yous. They said it was the most powerful one hour they have spent on their business ever. And it's like, when you get clarity, clarity is massive power. And most people never have it. I just saw the other day, somebody that, that now is finally getting enrollments. She's been a coach for a decade and she came in the program. Mm -hmm. She's been trying to do everything. I do this. I do this. I do this. I do this because she needed the money. She wasn't deceptive, but she was a really good coach, but she never got to the next level. Mm -hmm. Now she followed the structure. She followed what we recommended. She started to get clear on what, who is, and is not her ideal client. She's enrolling like crazy and having fun because now she gets to work with people. She knows what their problems are. She knows how to solve it. She knows who and who is not. And it's liberating. And it's so much fun, but you know, to watch those people who were using outdated systems with the wrong and thinking it was them. Mm -hmm. And then they come in, you put them in the right system with the right support, the right structure and watching their dreams come true. And mm -hmm. this is what geeks our team out is when it's not only our group winning, but seeing the impact they have on the clients that they were meant to serve. Right. We geek out on that. And that's what it's all about. So hey guys. So listen, so hopefully this has been insightful for you guys because we see this all the time. And this seems to be the biggest roadblock is this roadblock of sales. And if you're thinking that you're not smart enough or you're not charming enough or you're not extroverted enough, all that stuff is just bullshit. There's chances are that if you are having trouble with sales, it's because of one of three things. You're either using an outdated syntax, whatever it is, is not client focused, whatever it is, does not accurately reflect the way people really make decisions and the way psychology really works. So if you want to toss out whatever that thing is that isn't working and move into a system that can create a radically different result for you, then I want to invite you to head on over to clientsondemand.com forward slash call and book a call to speak to us. And what we'll do is we get on the phone for about 45 minutes to an hour. You can tell us everything that you've been doing in terms of your sales conversations and in terms of your marketing and what's been working and what hasn't. And what we'll do is lay out a simpler, easier, faster process that can get you where you want to go. And if that's something you're interested in doing, we can absolutely talk about it. But we believe that on that call, you're going to be able to make a huge impact in terms of your lead flow, in terms of how many people you enroll, in terms of your clarity about what's going on with your business. So reach out to talk to us, guys. Clientsondemand.com forward slash call. And let's get the ball rolling and start that conversation to see if maybe doing things the way we've been talking about the right way is going to make a big difference in your business, guys. Clientsondemand.com forward slash call. Mark, thank you so much, man. You're the absolute best. And guys, listen, quick reminder, if you're watching this on Facebook, these broadcasts are also available on iTunes. You can search for the Clients on Demand podcast on iTunes. And if you're listening to this on iTunes and you want to actually watch us do these broadcasts live, then you can join our Facebook group, The Art of High Ticket Selling. Just go to Facebook and look for The Art of High Ticket Selling. And that is us. All right, guys, that's it for us today. We'll catch you on the next show. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. 
If you like what you heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with Clients On Demand, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. That's clientsondemand.com forward slash call and book an appointment to speak to our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, the exact price you should be charging. Number two, the exact target audience you should be going after. And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to reach them. Remember, scaling your coaching or service business does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. Now, we've helped clients all over the world scale their businesses to six and seven figures while enjoying life and making the world a better place along the way. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. I'm Russ Rafino, and let's talk soon.